0: In our day of individualism, self-esteem, empowerment, and libertine lines of thinking, it may seem ridiculous to claim that people are actually slaves. It's a dramatic claim, but it's one that the Bible makes. We may not be slaves to an earthly master, though unfortunately in some countries that is indeed the case, but rather slaves to ourselves, to our own selfish desires, slaves to sin. The Bible says that this puts us into a bondage that we cannot escape, through our own efforts. We basically can't help ourselves from sinning in thought, in word, or in deed. We are born sinners, and we take to sin as a duck takes to water. Difficult to accept? Well, you need to accept this truth if you ever intend to get right with God, the very one you've sinned against. In today's broadcast, Evangelist Mr. Dan Shutt looks at this problem of slavery that we have all, by virtue of being born into a fallen world, been brought into but we don't want you to dwell on this dark picture we would like to turn your eyes to the savior that god has provided the one who came to save you from your sins and give you freedom indeed
1: john's gospel chapter 8 and verse number 34 jesus answered them verily verily this is very characteristic of John's gospel, it just means I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the slave of sin. Listen again to Christ's words. Whoever committeth sin is the slave of sin. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free. If the Son liberates you, ye shall be free indeed. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the slave of sin. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free Indeed. Maybe you will remember that very significant moment back in 1987 when the President of the United States, a man named Ronald Reagan, stood at the Brandenburg Gate and looked at the Berlin Wall, a wall that was not designed to keep people out of communist Germany so much as it was to keep the people who were inside of communist Germany from escaping from East Germany to West and in a very ringing speech Mr. Reagan looked into the television camera and he said Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall now it didn't happen right away it actually happened two years later but that awful hated wall indeed did come down And millions who had known only the oppression of communism, the shackles of totalitarian government, they suddenly found themselves free. For many of them, for the first time in their life. You know, we were talking at lunch today about a slavery that is worse than communism. I don't know if you know this, but in the world tonight, there are as many as 30 million people. And they're not just political slaves. They're real slaves. You say, oh, no, Mr. Schott, no, no, that, that's all wrong. Uh, don't you remember back in the Civil War the uh, in the U.S.? The slaves were set free, and thank God they came up through Detroit and other places on the Underground Railroad, and they came through Windsor and other places, and they came into Canada beyond the reach of those that would return them to slavery. I don't know if you know this. This is true. Actually, today there are more slaves in the world than there have ever been before. That's an awful thing, really. But you know something? There is a slavery that is worse than communism and socialism and totalitarianism. There's a slavery that's worse than the shackles that people find themselves in. It is the slavery of sin. If you're not saved tonight, I realize that I have a really tough job for the next 20 minutes. Because you're going to say to me, or if you don't verbalize it, which I hope you won't, you're going to say in your mind, Mr. Scheidt, I do as I please. I'm not under the control of anyone else. How can you call me a slave? Well, I'm not calling you a slave. I'm telling you that the Bible says that you are. Our little text comes from the lips of the Lord Jesus. You know, unsaved people like to tell me, you know, well, the Lord Jesus, yes, yes, he was a wonderful teacher. I always wonder why, if they think he's such a great teacher, why don't they pay attention to what he said? Listen to what he said. Whoever commits sin is the slave of sin. I want to tell you that out of earth's 7 billion people, the vast majority of them, and maybe some are in this meeting, and while your shackles are unseen, perhaps to the naked eye. If your sins have not been forgiven, you are the slave of sin. You now I remember something I read years ago by a lady named Harriet Tubman. She was an American lady in the time of the Civil War. She was actually a devoted Christian. I'll just pass that on to you. You can look that up in your own time. Her mission was freeing slaves. She had been a slave herself, and she had found freedom. And actually, during the time of the Civil War, I think she made 19 or 20 missions into the South at great personal risk. And I believe, if I remember correctly, that she rescued more than 300 slaves. The reason I'm telling you this is something that Harriet Tubman said, and it stuck in my head years ago. I've never forgotten it, and I love to quote it in the go- You know what she said? She said, I would have freed more slaves... If only they had known that they were slaves. You know what that means? I'll tell you what it means. It means that people in the southern part of the United States, south of the Mason-Dixon line, you know, they had lived in slavery for so many years. They did not even perceive that they were actually in bondage. Harriet Tubman's words, to me, ring so true in the Gospel. God is not asking you how you feel. He's not asking you about your intuition or your perception of how things are with your soul and between your soul and God. God has something to tell you. You know, I think it was C.S. Lewis in his letters to Sheldon Van Auken, he wrote one time, Do fish complain of the sea for being wet? You know the answer, right? Of course they don't feel wet. They just swim in it every day. You know, that's exactly the way it is with sin. Do you know why we don't feel like we're slaves? Do you know why we don't feel the awful effect of sin in our souls? Do you know why? It's because we're so surrounded by it. We're so filled with it. We're so used to it that we fail to grasp what the Savior is saying. I'm simply telling you what God says in absolute, unequivocal terms. The person that practices sin is the slave of sin. Now, maybe you say to me, well, Dan, you know, uh, this isn't very good news. That's depressing. If everybody is just a slave of sin and we can't even feel it and we're so used to it, and where's the good news in all of this? Well, I tell you, there's wonderful news. Wonderful, wonderful news. Because it is against, are you listening? It is against the background of human slavery to sin that the liberating power of the cross and the person of Christ are seen in all their beauty. You know, in the little town where I live, there's a jeweler. You know, I've noticed something. It's a very up-to-date place. Most of the time, the watches and the rings and the necklaces and things are displayed very tastefully and uh, often different kinds of backgrounds. And you, you know what it's like in a jewelry store. But, you know, every once in a while, They acquire a piece of jewelry that's particularly unique. Something, maybe a jewel that's more carrots than what anybody's ever seen before. Or something that just, you know, it's it's more spectacular. And I don't know anything about jewelry, but I know something about how this man runs his business. You know what he does? You know, when he's got something extra special he wants to show off, you know what he does? He gets a black velvet background and he puts it there. That jewel shines. It is against the black backdrop of our slavery, of our domination, of our enslavement by sin. But it's against that background. The gospel of Jesus Christ shines in all its glory. What a text. I tell you, if I could just pour a little word of encouragement into your soul, this would be it. If the sun Therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. There's three things I want to think about from this little text, and I'm just going to go over them very simply. I want you to think, first of all, about freedom from sin's penalty. You know, I think that we live in a world where the judgment of God is seriously underestimated. We tend to form opinions about how God does things by how we do things. God is not just some great man magnified. That falls far short of an infinite, transcendent, holy God. And while human retribution, human judgment, human punishment, whatever word you choose to employ, I want to tell you, it's always limited. There are limits to what can be enforced against you. God has the ability to punish sin for eternity. The judgment of God is a reality. It is hurtling toward us. His holiness is so great. His purity so comprehensive that he cannot allow a single sin to remain unpunished. You know, there's something that I have only seen pictures of. I wish I could go see them in person. The pictures I have seen are in Iceland and also in Switzerland and Germany and France, especially in the Alps. And I don't know if you know what the Alps look like. Many of our Canadian and American mountains have sort of sloping sides and other things, uh, you know, the iconic pictures of the mountains. But in Europe particularly, many of the mountains just really just sweep almost straight up from the land. And the difficulty is, is that in the wintertime when the snow falls, there are problems with avalanches. I like engineers. You know what they've designed? They've designed a great concrete barriers. Some of them are shaped just like a like a V. And down here is the little village, you see? When that avalanche is released with all its fury and power, you know what happens? It's just deflected out to either side. And the wrath of that avalanche is expended elsewhere. I want to tell you about Calvary. Because I want you to know that at the cross, Christ turned aside the wrath of God that belonged on me for my sin. You know, there's a big word in the Bible. It's one of my favorite words. It's found in Romans chapter 3. It is the word propitiation. You don't have to remember that for one second. I'm just going to tell you what it means. It means that God has turned away his wrath by punishing his own son as an offering for sin. Isn't that incredible? What a wonderful thing it is that happened at Calvary. The penalty... And the judgment of sin that belonged on me has been turned aside and laid completely on his son. I love the old hymns. I've been singing them for many years. Many of them are a part of my DNA, I think. And one that I love very much because the sinless Savior died. My sinful soul is counted free. And God, the just is satisfied to look on Christ And pardon me. God in mercy turned aside his wrath. Listen to the words of Romans 3. God has set him forth to be a propitiation through his blood, and it is the suffering and death, the shedding of the blood of the Savior, that has absorbed the penalty for my sin, the glorious freedom that Christ promises. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, friend, you can be freed tonight from the penalty. Of your sin. I want to talk to you just for a minute about something else. If we have thought about freedom from sin's penalty, I want to talk about freedom from sin's power. How about that? Because you know, if people underestimate the wrath of God because of sin, they also underestimate the power of sin in their life. I had a man come to me after a series of meetings in California. He came to me at the end of the meetings, and he said, "Danny, he said, there's something I want to encourage you to do. I thought, man, I must have really messed up something pretty bad. But uh it wasn't that. He's a Jewish man. He was well into, I think, his 30s or maybe early 40s before God saved him. You know what he said to me? He said, when you preach the gospel, he said, I know it's important to tell people about the salvation of their soul for eternity. But he said, don't forget to tell people that the Lord Jesus saves lives right here and now. That Christ not only saves souls for eternity, but he breaks the power of sin in our lives so that we can live for the Lord Jesus and have a life that is worth living. I tell you, Christian freedom is an amazing thing. When I was a boy, there was a song written by a man named Chris Christofferson. I don't remember him so much, but for all of you old hippies out there, uh, Janis Joplin used to sing a song called Me and Bobby McGee. And it was a song about love lost and that sort of thing. And I've never forgotten the words. There's some words in that song that are absolutely haunting. It just says this. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. You know what that means in the song? I've actually read what the lyricist meant by that. You don't often find that, but I actually have read what Chris Christopherson, what he meant when he wrote that. You know what he said? He said, I thought I was finding freedom, but in the end I found I had nothing. You know, I look at people in this world and someday it breaks my heart. They're so sure they're on the right road. They're so sure that the pleasures of sin that they're engaged in are the things that will satisfy them and fill them, and make their lives meaningful. Sometimes I have to visit people in the hospital. Sometimes I visit people in the nursing homes. And when they're old and ready to go out to eternity, they don't have anything to hang on to, nothing to satisfy. And their lives empty, meaningless, and they're stepping out into the dark. I want to tell you, that the freedom that Jesus Christ gives is real freedom. Now listen, you're not able, you don't have the power to produce that freedom yourself. The words of John 5, when we were powerless, when we were without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. He wants to save your soul. He wants to save your life too. And he wants to give you eternal life. He wants to give you what your soul longs for tonight. There's a hymn that Charles Wesley wrote in the late 1700s. And this is just what it says. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, has the power to cleanse all sin. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, he shall be free
0: Yes, if the Son of God has made you free, you shall be free indeed. Free from the power that sin has over you in your life. Free from the guilt of a sinful past. Free from the awful penalty that your sins deserve. And free eventually in heaven, never to be enslaved again where sin and its slaves will never enter. How about it? Have you been freed from your shackles of sin? Have you had a time in your life when you came to Christ to be set free? We trust that you will do so today. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and the very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our AnchorPoint podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point where we believe that in times like these you need a savior. And in times like these you need an anchor.